0: Hey, folks. Today we're talking mitochondria. We're talking cell danger response. We're talking about the root cause of disease. And we're doing all that with my guest, who is Dr. John Kim, PharmMD. On Instagram, he is Dr. And he is hes a great guy. He is the owner and operator of Robinson Drug and Compounding Center. And he is a fantastic functional medicine provider, John's got a beautiful approach to health lots of lifestyle rolled into with some really deep knowledge. It's a great conversation. I've had the pleasure of getting to know John a bit over the last couple of months. He's a riot. He's really fun, very entertaining. You've got to follow him on Instagram. He's got a beautiful delivery of sometimes really complex information. So to find him, like I said, Instagram, dr.john.farmmd. He's with Robinson Drug and Compounding Center, and all his contact information will be in the show notes. Thanks so Much for being here. Totally appreciate you guys. If you're listening to this on iTunes, you'll be listening hearing from one of our sponsors next, and then we'll get right into that episode. If you get value from this episode, make sure that you share it with your friends and your networks. And if you're feeling inspired today, make sure to leave us a review. Enjoy. Hey, folks! Just a quick minute to thank our sponsor for this episode, Oxford Healthspan, makers of Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. Research has shown that spermidine positively impacts six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protecting your DNA from damage as you age. Regular users also experience visible results after just one to three months, including better hair, skin, nails, and deeper sleep. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients, while including a prebiotic to feed your own Bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. And now Primadine also has a gluten-free version. To try Primadine, go to Primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Well, Dr. John Kim, it's been a long time coming. I am so happy to welcome you to the podcast.
1: (laughs) Natalie, thank you so much. I know we've been going back and forth trying to reschedule this, but I'm so excited to be on your show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: For you guys who are listening, I think we booked and canceled. Three or four different four podcasts. Times. Four, four times. times.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we both had conflict of uh, scheduling issues. You were traveling, I was traveling, and then I was just like, "All right, we got this date. We get it done."
0: <laughs> yeah, John's last words to me before we we got this together was, "If this doesn't work, I'm getting on a plane and I'm flying down. <laughs> we're doing this in person. We're gonna. It's gonna happen." Anyway, I'm super excited about this, and um, so John, I, you know, we always start the podcast really and with. A bit of a per, the personal background of the of my guest, and I find that that works really well. Why? Because very often your background is a big part of the reason why you do what you do, and how you do it. So let's get rolling because I'm so stoked about our topic today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm a, I have a very unique background, and as well as unique path that I've taken in, in my career and my overall health as well. So my name is Dr. John Kemp. I'm a functional medicine pharmacist. Uh, nice. So I know that doesn't really fit in into, in, ter- in terms of the root cause medicine and looking at pharmaceuticals, but really the healthcare is shifting right now mm-hmm. in terms of looking at wellness is a different picture rather than just dispensing medications. So I've been a functional medicine pharmacist for the last 15 years. I practice out of New Jersey uh, and it's been really interesting how people are getting much more riled up about wellness and taking charge of their overall health. And I think that's a great way to get overall autonomy about your health care. Because right now, you're not practicing really healthcare; you're dealing with more sick care than anything else. So i like to empower uh, patients and as well as my followers out there, because I, I am pretty busy on Instagram and talking about you know, health optimization to begin with. And this is a great way to join Natalie today and talk about what we could talk about, especially mitochondrial optimization, cell danger response, and potentially hormone therapy as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and even we'll probably dip into a little bit of peptides just because I know you've got really good knowledge in that area. And we kind of agree on a couple of fundamental points around peptides that I think will be fun to touch on because, well, so tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so, um, well, interesting is, that why I got into functional medicine should be discussed. So the reason I got into functional medicine early on, uh, right out of pharmacy school was because I was actually taking a a emergency medicine rotation. And I saw one patient coming into the ER with an uncontrolled blood pressure coming in every week. And this was a five-week rotation. I basically saw her five times. And I'm just like- same person. Same person, five times, uncontrolled blood pressure. And we always end up having to looking at medication optimization and how do we actually get this patient out of the hospital quickly? Because that overall affects the the rating of the hospital and then the rating for the Medicare. So these are things that I saw early on. I'm like, this is completely broken. This is not the way that we should be handling it. Because at that point in time, there was something called the JNC-7 is a blood pressure a uh, high blood pressure guideline in terms of what we could use to treat these patients. One of the key points that is made within that guide is to do lifestyle change, you know, eating well, exercising, et cetera. Because in itself, when you lose 10 pounds,
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: lower your blood pressure, systolic blood pressure by 10 points. Yeah. This is already talked about in pharmacy school, let alone even medical school, but us healthcare professionals are so busy optimize the medicine instead of optimizing a person's health. so I'm like, this cannot last. This is a broken part. And I also believe that in terms of how I grew up, I'm a Korean American. I grew I was born in South Korea. Uh, and one of the key things I observed when I was growing up was that my grandparents were so busy uh, you know, pushing me about eating kimchi and proper diet and <laughs> as well as you know raw diet especially. That you know, I didn't really like it, but looking back, I mean, that really changed the impact in terms of how I look at myself, health, and overall life. And so, it does really come into play in terms of the culture, the the culture of health right now in the United States. I'm question, it happens in Canada as well, is completely broken because mm-hmm. it's run by the uh, big pharma and as well as the higher powers that be that likes to control the overall autonomy of a person's health that people are not getting better instead they're getting sicker.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that's so true. So, so you went to pharmacy school, you see this woman coming in and out of the hospital on your emergency rotate ER rotation five times. Funny, my, my mom for a while had, Blood pressure that was, they couldn't, and they just kept throwing more blood pressure medications at her and more diuretics. And she ended up so messed up because, of course, her electrolytes went off the charts. And you can imagine that's not going to help blood pressure
1: either. <laughs> it's not. And then when you're talking about medication optimization, well, it's going to destroy your overall your nutritional panel as well. So you're yeah. taking for certain blood pressure medications, especially beta blockers, it can actually lower your CoQ10 along with the B complex. And what do you need CoQ10 for? Well, it helps to affect your mitochondria in a positive way. But the problem is when you are low in CoQ10, you actually make the body worse. So what are you trying to fix? Nothing. But then we don't talk about this matter on a bigger picture that the chronic issues a patient might be having doesn't happen to be one. You happen to be having to have two, three, or four because of the endless damage you're actually causing because of medication. So yeah. just recently, I just posted something on my Instagram talking about certain drugs that can actually damage your mitochondrial function. Well, beta block is one, wow. metformin. I know metformin is a big thing with the you know, overall biohacking world, but especially metformin, it can actually deplete your CoQ10, disrupt your microbiome, B-complex, vitamin D level, and magnesium as well, alone with zinc. So all these wow. micronutrients that you need to help to optimize your body function along with the mitochondria, you're not really doing anything instead of actually damaging it. So you have to look at pharmaceuticals a lot differently. And mm-hmm. so one thing I mentioned to my my followers is that friends don't let friends take drugs. <laughs> I love that. Okay? So- <laughs>
0: And you're not talking necessarily about recreational drugs here. You're talking about medic, like pharmaceutical Medication, drugs. Pharmaceutical
1: yeah. drugs, right? Uh, you can talk about marijuana or you know psychedelic mushrooms or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that. that's that's another episode. That's a whole, episode. That's yeah, a whole that, episode. Yeah, we're talk about that. You're talking about pharmaceutical drugs. You know, if we could optimize a person's health by helping to eat better, poop better, sleep better, and really looking at lifestyle a lot differently, and as was de-stressing, those mm-hmm. are easy things to do. It doesn't cost you much this is never talked about because it's not cool. It's not some fancy machine that we could end up having to use to optimize our health because you have to talk about that is the foundation of our health, but it's not really, really talked about.
0: Yeah. I refer to it as, you know, getting the terrain ready to receive, you know, you prepare the terrain, you got to create, you know, it's like planting vegetables. If you don't have good soil, nothing's going to grow or it's going to look kind of wonky and it's not going to be that good for you. So Okay, so we the, our chosen topic really was mitochondrial optimization and cell danger response. But before we get to that, because you have there's a reason why you chose this topic, and there's a reason why you be you being a pharmacist, you then moved into the functional medicine space. Which, you know, I it's funny like all the pharmacists I've come across are some of the smartest people that I know. And
1: oh, thank you. Because,
0: well, no, but it's because you guys understand things at a much deeper level you understand the biochemistry of the body and the cell much more deeply in some ways than even a lot of medical doctors right and i think there's there's groups of medical doctors now that are definitely digging into that topic but you guys kind of that's your that's what you grew up on that's that's your foundation and so what is it that that took you from just being a guy, you know, dispensing pills in a drugstore to being the guy that's actually solving problems for people, quite apart from probably getting really frustrated counting pills and thinking this is not what this person needs, this is not what this person
1: needs. Yeah, no, no. That, that's a great, great story that I could tell you about is that, you know, one thing that patient made a big impact, but I also wanted to know how do I optimize a person's health? Mm-hmm. So I had good mentors where they actually dragged me to do a fellowship in a functional medicine. So right out of pharmacy school, instead of just going to straight retail and doing that, I actually took two years of time to really get trained in functional medicine, look at the root cause medicine differently. Nice. So that really helped out to set in the soil, if you want to call it, or the foundation. And after that, I had a lot of good uh, practitioners that I followed around and, and really learning from it. But one of the big impacts that actually happened to be was back in 2015 when I actually had a heart attack at the age of 33. Wow! Yeah, so that's that's something that uh, hard to discuss, but that in itself really made an impact because I look at health a lot differently, as well as root cause medicine, much much uh, bigger because what happened was, yes, I had a heart attack. I had an 85% blockage in my LAD, or the lower anterior descending artery, which is called the widowmaker. Yeah. And one of the things that actually happened to me, because I wanted to know why I actually had a heart attack, right? Yeah. Everybody would be like, oh, you had a heart attack. I okay, could get you on beta blockers. Let's, let's get your cholesterol lower. But I wanted to know what caused it because I was very healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I look at health much, much differently at this point in time but I was very fit, I I had a clean blood work, but I ended up having to have a heart attack. So my doctor that I was working with, she was very, very smart enough to looking at, did you have have Lyme disease before? I'm like, well, I don't think so. But she's like, well, let's get you tested. So that test results took about a month and a half, but I got back, but I was actually positive for Bartonella infection, along with mycotoxin, steam bar, and mycoplasma. Oh, you just you factors, sure know
0: how to stack toxins, don't you? <laughs>
1: oh yeah, so I love it, just love it. And and you talk about heavy metal on top of that, right? And then so these are things that I never knew I actually had it, but obviously I had it, which caused a lot of issues: I digestion problem, I had acne all over my face, a uh, very fatigued, uh, can't sleep that long, and everything that I was eating was reacting in my body. Mm-hmm. So she was uh, smart enough to look at these things a lot bigger. And she also concluded that it's basically an undiagnosed a Bartonella infection probably end up having to trigger this because Bartonella infection, which is called a cascotch fever, can actually damage the endothelial lining of the blood vessels, which can actually increase inflammatory process and result in an atherosclerotic plaque to be built up a lot faster, right?
0: Right, because you're trying to, your body's trying to repair the damage on the endothelium, right?
1: Yeah, Basically. so Some repair yeah, mechanism, repair mechanism, right? The body's ways to heal that issue. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, the body's not healing properly. And you have a lot of uh, issues, which is going to kind of go into play into the healing process and cell danger response right after this. But that, that's what happened. It took me about two years to get rid of that. But one of the things I would like to at least tell your audience is that I didn't use any antibiotics, uh, antibiotics at all. Wow. At all. I used, wow. she, she put me on uh, lipid therapy to stabilize the cellular membrane as well as to help to detox. And when you're utilizing phospholipids, especially phosphocholine, as actually anti-inflammatory. So that actually helped to resolve a lot of the intravascular inflammation, biofilms, and infectious burden that I already was having. Hmm. So I used a company called Body Bio. They actually use, uh, they make a liposomal, uh, phosphocholine. Yeah. And that really helped to stabilize the cellular membrane damage that I already incurred from the infection, but also helped me recover and getting me through that entire process. And I'm telling you for six months straight, I was getting so sick because what happens with the PC and phospholipid therapy is that it actually literally turns your cell inside and out. So all that toxin infections, chemical burns, all that's going to be dumped out and so wow. you get worse before you get better. Yeah. Like if I show you before and after picture, I wish I could show you all your audience about this. My face completely cleared. Okay. My digestion uh, was getting better. I didn't. I was not getting reactive to all the food. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I was able to get the Bartonella infection cleared out. It took me about an additional year and a half, but it was a slow process. I was able to clear out, and I do get my blood level checked every year. I'm still Bartonella free. Wow! So, people, I mentioned that you know Bartonella. Once you have these type of infections lifelong, it is not as long as you actually have the right treatment protocol and getting through and really concentrating the cellular lipids and as was well the mitochondrial function, the body is able to regain and fix itself.
0: I love that. I love anything that enables the body to do its thing. Is I'm I'm all for that. So maybe just for the listeners who are less technical, can we? Maybe you can explain a little bit about what. Why is the cellular membrane so important? Like people think of it maybe as an envelope around the cell, holding all the stuff in. But you know, it is. Many people certainly when I went to school, they talked about it as being the brain of the cell. People think, you know, the nucleus and and the DNA, and obviously everything is critical. But the membrane plays a very special role, and maybe if you might wouldn't mind providing a brief explanation of what the membrane, why it's so important and why this is so critical and what do the phospholipids do for that membrane? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, let's make it as simple as possible because it does yeah. get really complex. Oh yeah, no,
0: let's not do a, you know, level three class here. No, level three or, <laughs> or,
1: or talking about the Krebs cycle. And, and, no, 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 but... no,
0: no Krebs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I took uh, a whole course on Krebs and I still am pretty shaky on it. So.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, we always understand it as producing ATP, but, you know, really tone it down to the electron transport chain, right? If you think about that particular aspect of an electron transport chain, it is made of two uh, phospholipid layers, what's called a biphasic layer. So you actually have the uh, lipid level and then the overall aqueous uh, layer, they end up having to come into play. But that electron transport chain and the phospholipid groups, they end up having to dictate what's going in and what's going out. And that come into play in terms of letting ATP out and letting ATP in, in terms of nutrients. And the entire process of that is heavily, heavily dependent on some of the nutrients like L-carnitine, CoQ10, as well as D-ribose being the backbone of the ADP and ATP production right? So you need all those nutrients to actually help to manage your entire cell membrane, or if you want to call it your entire body.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. And then you talk about the mitochondria within the cell, mitochondria takes about 25% of that space. And we think also that what we learned especially is about producing ATP by the mitochondria. But I'm here today to tell you that the mitochondria is actually the brain of the cell in itself a sensor, a defender of the cell in itself, that when you actually have chronic issues, you don't just look at the overall issue that you have in your hand, but looking at turning it and looking at the overall mitochondrial dysfunction that's going on. And that's the reason why when you have a mitochondrial dysfunction going on, the lipids are coming to play to help to protect the cell. Yeah. Also, also end up having to function in an abnormal way that body starts to pump out additional phospholipids and making the cell membrane, which is supposed to be pliable and letting things to go in and out, what's gonna cause a lockdown measure, Mm -hmm. okay? And then keeping all that toxin in. And that's the reason why I mentioned before about how PC or phospholipid therapy can actually turn that cell inside out. Well, utilizing phospholipid therapy, it can actually make that cellular membrane to be pliable, yeah. And working the biophones when you actually have a chronic infection, maybe, but also helps, you, helps to act as a anti-inflammatory and helps to detox. And that's why it's so important that you actually have a healthy levels of fat in your diet to help to support that as well. And one of the key things that I've seen, it's just my observation, I wish there's more studies about this, that vegans actually has the worst health outcome because they don't have the necessary fatty acids.
0: Mm. to support
1: the cellular membrane.
0: Right. And so here we're talking about very specific fats. And these are animal sourced, the right animal sourced omega-3s and and what have you, that your cell needs to function properly.
1: Absolutely. And omega-6 and omega-3, those needs to be addressed as well. There's such a bad connotation about omega-6 as being uh, inflammatory, which can be true. But you also need a right ratio between omega-6 and omega-3. Normally it should be four to one. Yeah. Okay. That's the healthy. So four parts of omega-6 and one part of omega-3. Yeah. Taking too much omega-3 can actually cause immunosuppression as well.
0: Interesting. So you got to
1: have the right balance of the phospholipids. The thing is, we don't look at this in a bigger way that, hey, take a 12 grams of a omega-3 Three. to help with your rheumatoid issues. What are you doing? You're already suppressing the immune system even more.
0: Yeah. It's going
1: to get better. So again, you got to look at the phospholipids and and the entire fatty acid cycle, a lot bigger. And that's really the entire structure of the uh, cellular membrane is fat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all about the fat and the right fat in the right place at the right time. So, what are your thoughts on, uh, before we keep going on the cell danger response optimization, what are your thoughts on supplementing with omega 3? Like, this is a very controversial issue. There are a lot of people out there right now that are very, very cautionary, if not stronger than that, against omega 3 supplementation versus, and actually, there was a study I just heard about recently. All I know is that it was it was definitely show shining a very ugly light on omega-3 supplements. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously, in a best case scenario, we're we're eating wild caught fish, little ones, you know, that don't bioaccumulate too much mercury yeah. or whatnot, which of course. You know, there's also people who say if the fish has more selenium in it than mercury, that's going to correct for the mercury anyway, because selenium is protective. Yeah. But anyway, let's go back to the first question. What are your thoughts on omega-3 supplementation?
1: <laughs> well, be- even before we talk about omega-3, we have to talk about how to get rid of the bad fats.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oxidized fats coming from seed oils. Uh, oh, so yeah. no canola, no corn oil, no vegetable oil, especially margarine. I still remember growing up. I can't like,
0: believe they even make margarine anymore. <laughs>
1: I know, they still do. And especially like when you go to, uh, uh, what was that? Um, I remember years ago when Fabio was on TV. It's like, I cannot believe it was butter. Yeah, oh my God, I remember that. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. But those are inflammatory, right? So I remember, you know, growing up, I mean, I slathered margarine all over my bagel and I'm eating them. I'm just looking like oh my God, what kind of uh... shitty damage I was doing to my body looking at it. But, but you were loading you
0: gotta, up, you were loading up that plaque.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially and on top of, a, you know, I didn't know I had a Bartonella infection. So here you go, that there's lifestyle and infection. There you go. Perfect storm. Yeah, perfect storm. Um. So again, you got to clean out your entire pantry. If you actually have any of these type of bad oils, you want to get rid of that. Or help, stick with the healthier oil, Keep, uh, ghee butter, great to support your overall gut because it contains butyrate. You have vitamin yeah. K, vitamin A, all those things that's gonna be really helpful for you. And then if you're going to fry food, you're gonna use oil that's a lot more stable in that sense of that. Avocado oil is great, right? Um, as well as uh, coconut oil.
0: Well, is ghee, pretty good for, for cooking yes. at Sorry, high heat yes. because it doesn't burn, right? It and doesn't it, burn. And it's quite stable. Then you get, and what are your thoughts then on lard and, and like tallow? Like I the, love
1: those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when they're well sourced, I think they're pretty good.
1: As long as you get a clean source, grass fat, mm-hmm. uh, tallow source, I mean, that's one way to do it. I know tallow could be used for many things in terms of skincare, but beauty. I know. Beauty, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's where I would start with the omega 3 discussion. You got to pick the right fat mm-hmm. and try to decrease that, but especially when you have uh, oxidized fat that can accumulate within your aspose tissue for a long period of time. So how you need to get that out as quick as you can by utilizing uh, correct phospholipids like PC therapy. Uh, th- again, the company I recommend is going with body bio mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just PC. You also need a bioactive oil as well. So that particular company um, makes balanced oil. So I would do one-to-one ratio, mixing that together. Because if you think about the cellular membrane, like i d- discussed before, it's biphasic. You're looking at the fatty uh, layer and as well as the aqueous layer that you need to support so that makes really sense along with replacing the minerals that you need because the electron transport chain is heavily dependent on a corrective uh manner of minerals mm-hmm. We don't get enough minerals these days because we're so busy drinking water and sweating that's what we recommend doing but not replacing the essential minerals they're looking for yeah yeah so yeah that's where we start now. In terms of the omega three, again, is the is the right balance of the omega three along with omega six is what should be done. Uh, and too much of the good thing that is being promoted about is not the best way to do it because I mentioned before that it can be immunosuppressive. Uh, that you need to actually have the right omega three is uh, in coming from the food. I would rather have patients go and get a you know wild caught salmon. Um, those are the good ways to kind of replace that. There are certainly plant source available as well, but also if you get a good grass fat beef, for instance, it yeah. does contain high amounts of ALA and omega-3 to begin with. So you got to see the source and where you get it. And I think food becomes a lot more bioavailable to begin with rather than just sticking with the supplements.
0: Did you know that thousands of high-quality peer-reviewed scientific studies show that EMF radiation from devices like cell phone and AirPods can cause a wide range of negative health effects, ranging from sleep disruption and infertility, up to more serious diseases like Alzheimer's and cancer? The World Health Organization even lists it as a class 2B carcinogen. And the more of it you're exposed to, the greater your health risk. Fortunately, The folks over at Shield Your Body offer tons of free and easy ways to reduce your EMF exposure and slash the risk to your health. It all comes down to two key rules. That's what the SIB EMF Radiation Safety Day is all about. The free and easy ways you can radically reduce your exposure to EMF radiation without impacting your enjoyment of modern technology. So visit shieldyourbody.com forward slash RSD to get your free guide to start living healthier with less EMF radiation. You'll even be entered to win a SIB bed canopy worth $2,000. And there are a bunch of other prizes as well. So go to shieldyourbody.com forward slash RSD and get your free guide now. And Now let's get back to the show. So when you talk about plant-based omega-3, you're talking about algae? LG. Yeah. Okay. Cause I do want to, you know, I think that again, there's another big myth or a big thing out there. I had a client the other day tell me, yeah, I eat lots of seeds. I eat lots of pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds. And this guy's got a lot of issues. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you need to be mindful of the fact that those seeds are very high in omega um, six.
1: And again, I
0: mean, you know, not that, it, not to demonize omega six, we will die without omega six. But when you're over depending on these things, Um, And then people get told, yeah, but with hemp and this and that, I'm going to convert the, the into omega-3. And it's like, well, yeah, if you're lucky, two to 3% conversion, like it's not going to be enough. It's not going to do it for you. So, okay. So algae, omega-3. Hemp is great.
1: I know some of the companies are now making hemp oil, just straight hemp oil that are four to one ratio as well.
0: Oh, they are? Interesting. Yes. Okay. So they've done the work
1: yeah did them that so there are things available um so and hemp i like hemp anyway that's i know canada you can't get hemp right yeah we can or at least you can okay oh yeah well we can
0: get hemp we, we got we got hemp. all the things you can't bring it in and just like you can't bring it to the states i mean you know everybody's getting all crazy they're like yeah it's legal here and it's legal there but you can't get it from here to there so i don't know backwards don't anyway know. you know what we're we, we, we'll, we'll end up on another rant and we've already been on three rants together before the podcast. So we're, we're going to stay away from that. So let's, let's get back to mitochondrial optimization, and cell danger response. So we have our cell membrane. It's gotten stiff. It's not working properly in a way. What the body also does is it sequesters toxins. Like that's one of the things that the human body does is to protect us. So now you've got a cell that's kind of stuck the mitochondria is not working properly. So it's not making enough energy. It's stuck and it's full of crap. It's full of the things that you don't want. Now what? So now what? Well, now what do we do? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, so what, you know, one thing that audience should uh, really realize is that mitochondria is very susceptible. It's very sensitive, right. Mm. To nutritional deficiency along with environmental toxins and oxidative damages that oxidative damage could be coming from medications especially taking statin drugs, Mm. it actually increases oxidative damage because your CoQ10 level gets depleted. So you have to look at entire picture of your mitochondrial function, even before we could talk about the cellular danger response, because medications alone can actually cause mitochondrial damage as well. You're talking about acetaminophen, which is tonal, which is commonly taken. It depletes glutathione, which can in turn affect the... um, Krebs cycle and detox pathway at the same time. And then you're talking about some of the ADD medications that a lot of kids are on these days and yeah. Adderall. All, all those are uh, coming to play. You're talking about NSAIDs. So these are all the common drugs. Metformin could be uh, aspirin, um, azithirapine. Azithir- uh, and then you're talking about um, what else is there? Well, if you're doing recreational drug like cocaine, that also affects the <laughs> mitochondria.
0: Yeah, okay, we're not gonna go there.
1: No, we're not gonna go there. We can go into tangent. It's, it's
0: bad for so many things. So we're
1: it's just- bad. So you gotta look at these things in a bigger manner. That medication be- becomes a huge humongous point that you have to look at, right? And then and so that's that's where the end up having to go into play. So going into a cell danger response, right? mitochondrial dysfunction is a real thing. So in terms of the chronic illnesses that people are going through, especially dementia, early aging, you talk about autism, you talk about bipolar disorder, uh, ataxia, neuropathic pain, especially. Those are Mm -hmm. all related to mitochondrial dysfunction is because of the cell in itself is sensing some type of stress, toxin, infection, and such, and trauma. Okay, Mm -hmm. so good example is um, when you end up having to have a cut for a special in, in your skin, right, you actually cause that thing called cell, cell danger response to occur because the mitochondria already detects that, hey, there's a cut, there's a damage within the cell, it's going to drive the inflammatory aspect to come into play. And that's a normal response for a body to come into yeah. Uh healing, and as well as there's a certain phase of the body and body's healing cycle to actually help to increase um granuloma, uh, uh and then s- fibrosis and increasing cellular production. And that's a proliferative phase. And then when you go into a healing cycle, let it, when you let the uh cut heal properly, then your your cells completely fine and you don't have any scar issue. But let's just say you start to pick on that. <laughs> It's going to cause scarring problem. And that's where the overall de-differentiation of the overall healing cycle occurs, where the cell in itself is stuck in a damage mode resulted in other conditions where you see mitochondrial dysfunction, right? So that's one of the things uh, we could talk about the the cell danger response uh, in a healing cycle, but it's all all those processes I'm talking about right now is controlled by the mitochondria.
0: Yeah. And so. if
1: you don't if you don't have a healthy mitochondrial function, those all healing cycle is going to get worse. Yeah. Right. So we have to look at this in a bigger manner. So let's go back to the cell danger response and what, mm-hmm. what that is. So when a cell is detecting some type of toxin or certain damage that occurs and certain danger per se, the mitochondria is basically the brain of that particular cell to detect that there's a certain threat. So the mitochondria end up having to cause something called a depolarization. So it basically sends a, uh, a signal within the cell to say that, hey, there's a danger going on. Now what we're going to do is going to pump out inflammatory fatty acids and then trying to really lock in that damage within that particular cell because you don't want that uh, damaging thing to going all over the place. So the mitochondria is there to really cave that off by increasing phospholipid production. And so it caves that cell in. So when you have a toxin, for instance, it's not spreading everywhere. So it's like heavy metal, for instance, right? And then you actually have increasing reactive oxygen species. And also when mitochondria normally is supposed to produce ATP, well, it stops the production of ATP. Instead, it actually floods the ATP out of the cell to cause uh, phagocytes and as those T killer cells to come into play to really... Uh, fix that, or at least to contain it, then you actually have the entire process uh, sending that uh, cell danger response into the brain, into the a cellular, a central nervous system. And then you have the sickness behavior, and then you have the entire healing cycle to come into play. So I hope it didn't really make it too complex for the audiences. But one of the things is that you need a healthy amount of phospholipids. You need a healthy amount of inflammatory effect and the mitochondrial function in order for you to go through this entire process in a normal way. Right. If you don't, that's when you end up having to have chronic issues uh, come into play later on.
0: Or when you have an overwhelm of too much toxin, like in, like in these infections, like an whether it's Lyme or Bartonella or mold or heavy metals, when the system is overwhelmed and you have too many of these cells that have shut down, it overwhelms the body's ability to go through a proper healing. It's a little bit like what you were talking about with the, with the cut, it's a normal process and it'll resolve and then you're done. Yeah. Right. But you have, you, you get these infections and it overwhelms the system.
1: Yeah. If if you look, if you want to give a perfect example, look at the uh, acute respiratory distress that's resulted from COVID infection. Yeah. Right. That's a, so, there's a three phases of the healing cycle we could talk about. You have a CDR1, um, CDR2, and CDR3. CDR1 is that called a containment and innate immunity response that you need. So when you have an infection, for instance, right, the mitochondria is going through that entire healing cycle of CDR1 helps to increase apoptosis along with necrosis and phagocytosis by increase the metabolic um, uh, you know aspect they want to try to contain. promise if you look at uh, COVID-19 infection, for instance, that entire process of phagocytosis and apoptosis going to haywire. yeah able to contain that. And so the patients are resulted in getting into the uh, ICU, they actually have acute respiratory distress. And all the damages, including organ damage, that occurs from a COVID nineteen. So certain patients, when they're not able to have a healthy immune response, they get stuck in that healing process of CDR one. Right. And we see it all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have, and then once the healing cycle of that CDR one response is done, the body goes into something called the CDR two. I mentioned before how when you have a cut, the cell starts to proliferate and starts to get the tissues come into play. Well, that's one of the response that is able to help to uh, proliferate that particular cell to contain the damage and going through that healing cycle.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: once that healing cycle is somewhat done, the body now goes into something called the CDR three, help to help to uh, differentiate and also help to develop a healthier cell. The problem is that when you don't have a safe and as well as a healthy differentiation process, that is when you end up having to have chronic illnesses that come into play years later, such as autoimmune issue, of toxicity. You talk about neurological or neuropathic pain, uh, psychiatric symptoms, PTSD as well. Just mm-hmm. so because you, you've gone through it some kind of trauma, that trauma is not going to be causing PTSD right in that moment. No, it actually, your body goes to entire healing cycle And that's later on when the healing cycle did not go through properly resulted in PTSD um, to be developed. So it's almost like you get
0: stuck, like the body gets stuck. Instead of continuing through the cycle, it gets stuck somewhere, like in the CDR1.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's very complex uh, to process to even describe it. I hope I'm doing a good job. Yeah. No, you're doing all right. I
0: I just had a question. So you talked earlier about the cell danger response triggering a process in the brain that I guess because people the people that I've come across who have been told that they're they've kind of got this cell danger response thing going on in their system for any number of reasons, they have other issues. Like they have mental they have a mental issue tied into this. And so what you're saying is basically that this cell danger response releases, I'm guessing cytokines or inflammatory, whatever it is, messengers that message the brain that says, we're in trouble. We've got a problem. And these people also get stuck kind of in a sympathetic mode, basically. Huge.
1: Huge. And that's where the body's normal response to, to go through because it's sensing a danger. And so mm-hmm. that's when the mitochondria goes, goes into its entire defense mode uh, and right. the mitochondria is not able to function properly and you cannot deprogram that when you're dealing with chronic illness many, many instances that mitochondria is having a dysfunction resulted Mm -hmm. in all all these issues that we see in a chronic illness,
0: right? Autoimmune
1: didn't, didn't, again, autoimmune didn't occur just because you had a gluten, (laughs) right? Right. It actually happened to be that the gluten ended up having to cause a inflammatory issue within your gut resulted in other things such as, um, uh, LP, uh, LPS, a lipoprotein saccharides to come into play, causing additional microinflammation, blah, blah, blah. Down the line, resulted in a Th1 and Th2 imbalance. All that process is part of the healing cycle and how the mitochondria was trying to contain that problem, but it has gone through a differential phase, was not a norm, uh, in a not normal way, resulting in all this chronic problem. Right. So why this is so important is that All wrapped in, I mean, we could understand the complexity of it. And you want to look at the overall original study, I would highly recommend all the audiences to look at Dr. Robert Novier's work. He's a pioneer looking at the mitochondrial damage and as well as looking at the entire cell danger response and healing cycle. He's a pioneer who published his particular studies back in 2014. And now is the time that we're really looking at this in a functional world, a little too late. Because Mm -hmm. we've always been, and this is the issue that I see with functional medicine is that we're so busy running labs, that's fine. But when you see a deficiency, when you see a leaky gut issues, when you see autoimmune response going on, including uh, heavy metal toxicity, all these things are resulted from a mitochondrial dysfunction that was occurring because of the overall root problem that we have not really looked into which Mm -hmm. could be some of the chronic infections like Lyme disease, Bartonella, mycotoxins, including parasites, right? And then you're also looking at particular mental or physical trauma that actually occurred, right? And as well as all the other issues that come into play, including poor eating habits, lifestyle, all these are all factored in, in terms of how the mitochondria goes into a dysfunction mode that. Just because you've tried to fix a low vitamin D level or low B6 level, you're not going to fix the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. And So,
1: I'm not a big fan these days just running nutritional pedal and thinking that that's going to be the problem, uh, that's going to fix the issue. Because what I see all the time is that, and they, they happen to go to multiple doctors and patients are sick and tired of it. Yeah. But that hasn't really fixed the problem. And so, what have you achieved? They go into this entire cycle of going to one doctor not getting fixed oh well i saw some response but not full response and then resulted in all this issue that goes into play just give you an example about autoimmunity just because you just uh developed hashimoto does not mean that you're not going to develop other autoimmunity issues such as rheumatoid
0: yeah no i actually think there's a link right i mean once Huge. you've developed one you have a much higher likelihood of continuing to develop them
1: and that's the entire picture of a healing cycle that people are not going through properly, and so you know lifestyle, um, including changing your diet, all those things can actually change the gene expression. We've seen that in, in, in studies. I'm not saying not to do that, but we have to look at a bigger matter and really focus on what is a root cause issue, okay? And look at these things and be comfortable talking about it, rather than trying to say, hey, you know, I have the you know fix. Uh, fixer fixer or that you could actually use by just taking vitamin D. The, re, re, the vitamin D deficiency occur because of X, Y, and Z occurring, especially mycotoxin.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that. But you, we talked about vitamin D. You have some really interesting information on vitamin D, the causes for low vitamin D in some cases and how to fix it. And why not to just keep taking vitamin D and how it can on the other side, drive autoimmunity. So Maybe we can talk a little bit about how does mycotoxin interact with vitamin D?
1: So mycotoxin, for instance, um, I don't know how that is in, up in Canada, but especially if down in Florida or warmer climates, and sometimes if you end up having to live in a very damp area, yeah. you know, a lot more risk of actually getting exposed to some of the toxic mold. Yeah. Uh, so there is a term, I think it was the early seventies talked about the The sick building disease. And that's a real thing. Yeah. And so if you actually have mold growth in your home or something on the line, you have to fix that. We got to move out of that place. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to contain and fix it. And I've gone through that as well, especially last year. I end up having to get exposed to black mold inside my building. Um, And so I'm still trying to get rid of that at this point. Wow. Right. It's a problem. It causes a lot of downstrile, uh, cytokine connectivity and, and sickness. Mm-hmm. So why this is so important is that mycotoxin and having mold, it can actually cause a blockade of the vitamin D receptor. Resulting if you take a vitamin D for instance, supposed to convert to the active, right? 25 mm-hmm. or 125 hydroxy. The problem is that when you're taking a vitamin D in existence of some type of chronic illness, just, such as mycotoxin, the mycotoxin at that mold is gonna block the vitamin D. And so even though you've probably taking that 5,000 units of vitamin D or 10,000 units or 50,000 units that the doctor recommending, it's not gonna go up. It happened to be such that I end up having to go through that. And so you know, I, I start to look at that in a bigger way that you have to get the mold issue even before trying to tackle the vitamin D. And if you actually have a low vitamin D level, and as well as having a calcium trial level increasing, that can result in an immunosuppression. So it's not good at all. So again, vitamin D receptor, uh, vitamin D level being low is the overall end result of something. of something.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lyme disease could be mold, could be parasites as well. So you have to look at it in a bigger way. All those things are bacteria, viruses, all those are part of our overall eco biome or microbiome world Mm -hmm. right we're supposed to live in a healthier balance i think the biggest issue that we see is that our world has been so sterile that we're not able to interact with these microbiomes that well
0: the microbes Uh, yeah microbes so actually you know let's take one step back and then there's i guess there's one one more thing but so we talked about the cell danger response and how miserable it is so what do people do about that How do you, because you know, we've just presented people with this horrible problem and people might be listening to this nodding, going, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And we haven't given them any solutions. Yeah. They're
1: like, oh shit. Like I I know I have a problem. Like what do I do? Like I have no, I'm I'm just stuck with this. No, No. you have to look at the root cause issue. So try to find a functional medicine doctor or functional practitioners who are able to understand the cell danger response and look at a root cause medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. Not talking about root cause in terms of you have a nutritional deficiency. Root cause in terms of looking at some of the infection, some of the toxin, some of the cellular uh, cell danger response that's going on in a bigger way. I think those are uh, there are a lot of people that are now understanding it, but mm-hmm. not so much in terms of tackling all those people who are suffering the uh, the issue. Okay? Yeah. So you know, I, I again, I was very fortunate. It's, it's God's blessing that uh, I was am able to. To work with a physician to help me direct and learning a lot. And now I'm able to help other patients, mm-hmm. but we have to look at this in a better way that, you know what, we got to dig deeper. Let's look at the, let's look at, and let's looking at proper testing, right? I'm all about testing, but look at the proper testing to see if you're dealing with mycotoxin, Bartonella, or some other infection that might be causing it. And you have to look at the right company. Just go to a lab quest or lab or or LabCorp is not gonna be the trick. There are especially tests available. Another testing company that I do recommend these days is to work with some a company called IGL. They're based out of Germany. They're, they do a epigenetic testing. And that epigenetic testing really breaks down in terms of the mitochondrial function in the cellular level, and along with some of the toxins and infections you might be looking at. Hmm. Okay. It's, it gets expensive, about $1,200. There are only few doctors around the United States who understand that particular testing, but if you're able to get able to get that IGL testing, it's going to be a game changer in terms of how you're looking at epigenetics, mitochondrial function, very, very differently and looking at the root cause issue deeper.
0: Right. right, and is there? Do they have a list? Is there on their website? Would there be a listing of the doctors that do use the test? Like, how do people go about I, finding I those doctors? So I
1: haven't seen a list at all. I I, I wish they could actually market this better in the United States. Uh, again, I'm very fortunate that I was. I'm able to do this test every year. To looking at it.
0: So you do you run the test for your patients?
1: I don't. I end up having to get the results from my physician. But you know, from work with the doctor. Okay. To work with the, the I know It's it's. Uh, because they're not willing to work with a pharmacist, right?
0: So they want. So they only will work with well, MDs.
1: With MDs, and they're, they're based out of Germany. So you gotta have to have the right connection. Looking at these things much deeper, but uh, I know Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, He does it, um, and some of the other
0: functional yeah.
1: doctors out there.
0: Folks, I have something so exciting to tell you, and that is that the Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat is happening again, and it is happening this November from the 9th to the 13th in Cabarete on the beach in the Dominican Republic, and it is shaping up to be just as awesome as the first one was in March. The response from the participants was just overwhelmingly amazing. We had such an amazing time hosting it. And so Dasha and I decided that we wouldn't wait a year for the second one. We would do one in the fall to get us ourselves and our participants ready for the winter, no matter what it brings. So if this sounds even of any interest to you, please go to my website, mattnidham.com. Go to the retreats tab at the top of the page, and you'll get a bunch of information there, along with a link to book a free call with. Dasha and I to see if this is right for you so thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the episode so but if you can't get the the IGL there's got to be some tests in the U.S. that are still okay I mean there, yeah. there are a number of companies that test companies. for for mycotoxins yeah. um EBV um, lime mold like yep
1: great uh, great, plains. great plains you have uh, I, Igenics. Uh, you actually have Vibe in America all those are great companies so far there's yeah. able to look at the root cause issue deeper so again proper testing, look at the root cause, and then also have the plans to take care of that.
0: Right, right. Right. And so the phospholipids are a key piece of of getting over the cell danger response because that reestablishes that proper phospholipid layer.
1: Definitely. So that's the number one thing that I always recommend patients to take when you have a, a chronic issues like Lyme disease or mold yeah uh, so that's one and the second thing is, is you have to look at the detox pathway very well so There's the mm-hmm. reason why you have detox problem well let's let's try to fix that okay you also have to look at the drainage pathway uh lymph also has to drain properly so when you actually have a stuck, i mean it's the same thing like a, a toilet you're trying to flush a toilet but if you're not able to uh have a proper plumbing matter established yeah. you're gonna actually have an overflow of crap that you're trying to uh, push through the toilet. Literally. The same. <laughs> literally. as I mean, that's the same matter as a human body. When you're not able to poop properly, you're not sweating. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to detox properly, all those things are going to uh, build up and blow up. And that's another reason why when you're dealing with Lyme disease or chronic infections of such, patients get worse and having all these die-off reactions, trying to fix that rather than trying to ease that detox pathway, lymph pathway to open up. Um, and this, there has to be talked about much, much deeper.
0: For sure. And so what are your recommendations on lymph? I mean, pooping is basic, you know, the, our, our pathways of elimination are, you know, there's breath, there's sweat, there's urine, there's feces, obviously, but lymph, what about, what are your recommendations on keeping the lymph moving?
1: Sure. Certain binders are great to use. I mean, there are, you know, homeopathic uh, drainage binders and as well as you know a company called cell core i know they're yeah. much more readily available these days they're i have some here too. yeah yep they're great to work at i know um other companies that are having other homeopathics such as beyond balance or body bio all those are great companies to work with to actually help to support the entire detox and uh, drainage pathway um so you know it, you know one of the things that i don't like to a lot of times talk about this is that I I give all these informations to patients, but even in social media, but they're like, how do I get in contact with the doctor Mm -hmm. or how do I work to fix this? Because I've been going to different doctors and they don't know what they're doing or I feel stuck. And so one thing I would suggest is, all those companies, as I just mentioned before, just go to their website or reach out to them and then see if there's any local practitioners yeah. that you can work with. Um, I do end up having to do um, a virtual consultation as well. So I'd be happy to coach people. But right now, there's too many people suffering that we don't have enough experts out there to look at this in a, a deeper way.
0: Absolutely. No, and it's funny you mentioned that because I thought, yeah, you call up Body Bio and say, okay, who's... Who are the docs? Who's out there that I can work with? Who, who you trust? So that's a really good solution. Actually. That's a good way to go about it because um, I definitely see that there's a big need. I mean, definitely there's a couple of doctors, not a couple, there are doctors out there that are doing a great job, but there's not quite enough of them just yet. There's definitely no. a lot of people looking for answers. Okay. So, oh, and actually, you know, you mentioned a doctor earlier. I didn't catch his name. Was it Dr. Nober, Robert Novier,
1: Novier. How do it,
0: I spell his last name? Do you know?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, it is uh, N-O-V as Victor, I-A-U-X as ex Xavier. Robert is a first name.
0: Okay. Got it. Okay. So I just want to make sure I put that in the show notes so that people can can look him up and look up his his papers.
1: His papers. He has a big following within the autism world. I mean, he's one of the um, key editors for the Autism Society and looking at the cell danger response. So even autism alone, I mean, autism didn't occur because of vaccination or something on that line. It's, It's a key piece in terms of why there's a cell danger response going on. And the healing process didn't go through properly resulted in autism so, so you but, have to look at
0: yeah could the, could the vaccine have been the trigger or is it, are you saying it, there's no real evidence of that or we're not going to we're not really going to turn this into
1: no <laughs> do vaccines cause not. autism podcast No, no, no we cannot. Um, so i mean one of the thing is that or you do you have think have it's to, just
0: a simplistic view of looking at it
1: if you just keep on saying that autism is caused by a vaccine that's a false notion because yeah vaccine could be one of the picture because as you're causing an immune response to occur, and as well as other chemical toxins such as formaldehyde, and I don't think they use dimethylsulfoxide as much as anymore, but all those things are coming to play. But the thing is, when you actually have a genetic predisposition mm. and those well healing cycle not coming to play properly, that could result in that, right? I see. But all those studies are looking at in terms of you know autism and, and vaccines, they don't look at that picture fully. And so it is improper. And that's one of the things that they end up and say, Oh, you know, autism is not caused by vaccines.
0: Right. So they're not going deep enough is it's what not. you're saying. Right. It's so it's, not. yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's all cell, cell danger response, all immune, uh, um, reaction that's occurring detox pathway is completely, uh, shocked, uh, shot. And then all the other things that you end up having to talk about. So it is a perfect storm. All those yeah. keep coming to play, end up having to result in autoimmunity, autism, and all the other mitochondrial dysfunction.
0: Yeah. So mind your mitochondria, it always comes down to the mitochondria, it seems.
1: Yeah. Actually, before we touch that, one last thing I want to make, in terms of optimizing a child's health mm-hmm. is determined by the mother. Mm-hmm. Right? The mitochondria DNA has to be healthy in order to produce healthier offsprings. Has to start with the mother. We don't, we don't talk about that. All yeah. those birth control pills that, that uh, women are taking these days right? Poor mm-hmm. diet, having PCOS, chronic issues, heavy bleeding, all those are resulted in mitochondrial dysfunction. And that right. can actually result in a mitochondrial DNA damage. Right. And you're having a child uh, that are unhealthy, having allergic issues, all this problem that's coming to play. So you can't just say, Hey, it's the vaccine. No. You also have to look at the mother. You also have to look at the health of it, including the father as well. There was a study just looking at men taking metformin and having a health issue within the offspring.
0: Yeah, I I read about that.
1: That's all resulted in a mitochondrial dysfunction. Again, bigger picture. We have to looking at these things in a bigger manner and have the courage to talk about these things that you know what? Everybody has to help be healthy. Mm -hmm. And I always recommend as well, if the mother is planning on, or at least uh, a family planning on having a child, it is not a bad idea to start to detox and looking at, cellular membrane and mitochondrial function and healthy matter. And you got to be healthy to conceive. Yeah. But you also need to be healthy to have a healthy offspring.
0: Yeah. No. And you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've definitely known people who've taken months, if not a year to try and get themselves optimized before. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes things happen, but there's, it's a huge, it's a huge argument or, it's a, I don't want to say argument, but it's a huge reason why it's never too early to start addressing these things and optimizing your health so that you're ready to go when it's time to uh, to start your family, if that's something that you want to do, quite apart yes. from your own purposes. So, we were going to touch on, and we're going to run short on time here. I think we're, we're running low on time. So, I know that do should we should we close it off or do we want to touch on where peptides where at what point we bring peptides into the mix because there's definitely mitochondrial peptides out there there's people who are saying i'm just going to take a bunch of mozi and i'm going to make my mitochondria better and
1: uh yeah but you know what you could do lifestyle change as well in terms of exercising for 45 minutes especially doing hit actually increase the number of expression of the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. utilizing heat and cold therapy also helps with the mitochondria. So there are many ways you could, you could hack it in helping the mitochondrial function, but you know, it's peptides is just a tool. It's not going to be the a thing that's going to be using to get rid of the root cause problem. And that's mm-hmm. the misunderstanding that come into play. You're still following a, a tool to get rid of the issue rather than trying to look at the root cause problem you're yeah. looking at, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I think I mentioned to you about the analogy between, you know, a leaf and an entire trunk of the tree. Yeah. a is just a leaf. Just because you got rid of that entire leaf does not mean that you have uh, gotten rid of the root cause problem. Yeah. Within, within the trunk or within the um, root itself.
0: For sure. Well, yeah, and you even hear very often about people talking about if the plant is healthy in the first place, it would be less susceptible to getting attacked by a lot of the different organisms that attack plants. And it's, I mean, it's the same as, as people like, you know, there's some of us walking around who somehow have been unscathed in the last two years. Is it because we're fortunate enough to have a system that was able to cope better, or we just got lucky or some combination of the two who knows, but definitely keeping your body ramp, you know, in its healthiest state is going to put you in a better position.
1: Yes. so I agree. Um, it sense that, we have to build our body's resiliency,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we have to uh, fight off some of the infections or the dangers that come into play. So all depending on how we take care of the body. Yeah. Um, and so, exercising, you know, pooping well, eating well, sleeping well, all those come into play to build that resiliency up. Uh, because I think, um, you know, a little off topic about, but, you know, it, when you're in a zombie apocalypse, you don't, you don't want to be the first one to get eaten. No, you don't
0: want to be the first one to get eaten. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 that, that's, that's going to take us past our deadline. So we're not going to keep talking about that. So, all right, Dr. John Kim, are there any parting words? Is there, if there were three things you could tell people to do right now that they should start and, you know, we've covered off the sleeping, the pooping, the exercising, the getting outside. What's the next level after that? What's the next thing beyond that that you think everybody should really be taking? Like, should everybody go out and get tested for mycotoxins and EBV and Lyme, like, or people who have major issues? What What are you, if you had three things you could recommend to people to do, what would it be?
1: Parting words is that if you are dealing with a chronic uh, illness, such as autoimmune disease and other things that. I mentioned before about mitochondrial dysfunction, that you should work with a practitioner to look at a root cause issue. So proper testing is a must and as well as a plan to take take care of that issue. So that should be number one. And then two is clean up your uh, entire pantry. Healthy Mm -hmm. eating process is is a must. You need to exercise, you need to move well. And as well as de-stress. I think the de-stressing portion is not really talked about these days because we're such in a go, go, go mode. Yeah. And we're forgetting to really relax and having that reset moment. It's mm-hmm. not a bad idea to really take a breather, go for a walk, uh, spending time with your loved ones, increasing the oxytocin is going to do number of things for your body. So that's that's a key thing that we have to really look at and, and having that connection. I love uh, and that. Then the last, yeah, and then the last thing that I would really recommend is to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you don't respect yourself, that could be a big problem it's a healing process. And one of the things that I really learn nowadays, and I'm, I'm going through the entire uh, therapy as well, working with a, a business coach and having a, a mindset coach, is that there was a lot of trauma that I ended up having to uh, put in my life and as well as a victim mind that mm-hmm. was resulting in having uh, causing a setback. Well, if you're talking about the healing response, and I talked about trauma well, there's a lot of hidden trauma that you might not end up having to release, mm-hmm. result in an illness. So, uh, healthy spiritual life is a must, right? I'm a I'm a, a born again Christian. I'm not here to push religion, but you know you need to have that some type of a spiritual health that you're looking for, as well as a body health and mind health.
0: Nice, yeah. Well, that whole integration, right? We all live in the same house. So we better get along. Well, thank you, Doctor Kim. Can you maybe tell people how they can find you and how to get in touch with you if
1: yeah, they, need, absolutely. they need
0: more Dr. Kim in their life.
1: <laughs> I, I, I wish, uh, yeah. So if anyone out there uh, listening and want to connect, I'm definitely uh, busy on Instagram. My mm-hmm. Instagram bio, I'm sorry, my page is uh, at uh, dr.john.pharmd. Dr. It's P H R M D, Farm D. Yeah. So make sure you connect that. And my website is uh, drkimwellness.com. Is uh, drkimwellness.com.
0: Perfect. Okay, great. Well, it's been a total pleasure today. Thank you so much. It was definitely worth the wait. Um, and I hope that, fun. yeah, it was. And uh, I look forward to doing it again. Cause you know, we had about 10 different topics we could have talked about. We
1: just uh, so much
0: pick this one. Cause I, we haven't, I haven't touched on this before. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Natalie. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the biohacking superhuman performance podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the biohacking superhuman performance community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application, just answered a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.